Welcome to another episode of the Cadence Beat. We're all back in the saddle. Lots of craziness over the past couple of months. Cadence Blocks 3 coming out. We had a huge event and we haven't had time to sit around and talk just amongst ourselves, but I'm so happy to be back <laughs> with you guys. Yeah. How are we doing? Me too. Yeah, doing I've good. been so I heads know. down. I found out that you guys did a podcast <laughs> last week through my dad who listens to our podcast and was like, hey, I listened to your podcast last week. And I was like, we had a podcast? Our dad is the most loyal listener. It's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Should give a little shout out to him. (laughs) Definitely. We got to make him a t-shirt that Cadence Beat, number one fan. We could bring him on the Cadence Beat. He'd love that. (laughs) That is so awesome. Thank you, Mr. Rittner. (laughs) So excited. That is really cool. Yeah, we snuck off and talked to Shelly on our own. We knew you were super busy, Bun. But we had to talk to Shelly because she's just like incredible. She's so cool. Yeah. she's. It was a good episode. Have you listened to it yet, Ben? I haven't yet. No. I literally found out about this over the weekend because my dad texted. I got my birthday on Friday. My dad texted me happy birthday. And then he said, hey, I listened to your podcast. And I was like, what? What? We had a podcast. That's how you did a good job. (laughs) Yeah. He said it was good. So anyway, yeah, I haven't listened yet, but. Because it's Monday, if no one knows when we record these things sometimes. But, sure. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. true. <clears throat> Monday, April 3rd. This is not an April Fool's joke. <laughs> Just glazing <laughs> over that entire experience. But yeah, we wanted to, I'm like, Hannah, let's try to get on Ben's schedule. Let's do one. We haven't done one in a really long time. And it's just time to talk. And there's so much happening in WordPress and so much happening with Cadence. We have some things to talk about. And WordPress 6.2 just dropped last Wednesday, I believe. There's a lot of big changes in it, Ben, isn't there? And we chatted a little amongst ourselves about some of these changes and what we're seeing happening with full site editing. And you wrote a post and it was good. Hopefully. Yeah. I would say this one... Compared to a lot of the bigger updates that have come out of the last couple of years, this to me is smaller. There's less to get really excited about in this. Even if you are using a full set editing theme, which I, if you read my post, I don't recommend you do. It's fine if you do, but I just, I don't recommend it. But even that, like what they did is very structural in terms of creating the new interface for how you would potentially interact with your site. Although they had to pull one of the main things that made that cool, which is the navigation which essentially allowed you to stay away from the normal admin of WordPress. Like that was what the hype was supposed to be about. It's like, I could go into site editing and I could navigate my site. I could edit my site without ever really having to go into the traditional WordPress admin, which I think clues us into as to like where WordPress as a project is going. It's it's one by one. How many things can they pull out of the traditional admin and into a react slash Gutenberg experience, which is what we want much faster. You got the cool like animation into editing and out and all of that stuff. So what we can see down the road is a world where instead of going into the traditional admin of WordPress that has the dashboard and the long side panel with posts and pages and all that stuff is a different experience of I'm going in and I'm really editing and creating content on my site and I'm living there without really, unless I have to having to leave. That didn't get released because of the navigation getting pulled out. So now there's like this funky extra step involved in full site editing where you have to go in and then go in again if you actually want to edit something. But that whole structural thing really doesn't affect anyone who's not using a full site editing theme 
And so in terms of Gutenberg core, you in the past, there's been a lot of really big changes in core. And this one is much smaller and more about full site editing, like the navigation improvements to the navigation block and just even having like your styles and settings in tabs instead of in one long list inside of the blocks, which is definitely helpful. But in terms of, is there something super exciting? I think I'm curious to see the, how people use Openverse. I think that could be exciting, like to just be able to grab images really quickly, but we'll see. Yeah, it seems like what we're moving towards is an experience where we can have multiple collaborators working within a document. It doesn't necessarily look and feel like WordPress, but everybody is collaborating like in a Google Doc, but it's in WordPress. It doesn't look and feel like WordPress as we've known it, but all of that content is being built out in, gosh, it almost feels like old school front page. <laughs> like it. <laughs> It's what is what you get editing and multiple people are in there building a web page together. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some very interesting cons to that experience of making so much of it visual because then a lot of your dynamic stuff, you have to have a visual representation to click into to find the settings for. So if you wanted a banner that was dynamically set, you'd have to put it in a template, which is going to show up everywhere. But even if you have a conditional field on it to say, I only want it to show up here that block is still going to show up everywhere because it's part of the like structure of the template. So there's, there's going to be some funkiness and there is, I think we're still, there's still a lot to be figured out as full site editing. We got through the really initial MVP. Like, is it a product that is usable? And then as we go further, I think as more and more people start to use it, we're going to see some of that come back around to how do we, now that we can edit in this interface and there's some nice things about that, how do we then create an interface on top of this and not on top of the old interface to deal with some of the dynamic stuff that we're some to with how we want to edit our websites where we're not having to dive into templates, but we're working in a lot more settings and we're doing things that are a lot less easy to break. I think if you play around with full set editing, you'd be like, I never would want someone like a client to go in there. Cause it's just like, they're editing templates and it's pretty easy to break if you don't know what you're doing. So I think in general, like WordPress is going through this transition and it started with Gutenberg and the implementation of blocks. And I don't feel like we're anywhere close to like where the end result is going to be, which means that for a season, we're going to have people using full site editing in WordPress and we're going to have people using not full site editing. And those two are both going to have to live. And I think if I'm building today, regardless of what site I'm living on the not full site editing side, I don't want to deal with building my header and footer in the full site editor. I want some of the dynamic controls that are a lot easier to manage inside of a traditional WordPress experience. But I definitely think there could be a time where that switches. And I definitely think that long-term, there's probably a use case for both. And there's not really a reason to get rid of one or the other. So that's a future take on WordPress. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. There's something magical to me. Like, I don't want the WYSIWYG experience. And maybe it was just because of how I started building on the web. I like being able to see either code or seeing something like abstract of, okay, I can see where this is going. And then either clicking publish and uploading via FTP and then just hitting it via HTTP and seeing something magical happen that didn't look anything like what I coded. There's something about that. Like I don't really, 
I've used front page. <laughs> it was like a terrible mm -hmm. experience. So I don't know if I want WYSIWYG. Like that just might be me. I can, mm -hmm. I know tons of people who I would love to feel more comfortable building with WordPress, more novice users, no, don't want to have anything to do with code that I really want this to work for them. I want them to have that WYSIWYG experience where they see what they're building, they click publish and it looks close to what they're, what they've envisioned <laughs> on yeah. that dev page. Yeah. How about you, Hannah? Yeah, totally. I feel the same. And I think Fulsa editing is something that excites me, the idea of it. And then like hearing the reality of where it is, is oh, it's kind of disappointing. But I do feel like hopeful that it, one day it will be something better. I don't know if you even feel hopeful about it. And it feels like you have maybe don't even think it's going anywhere. But I do feel like one day it could be a really cool tool. But it's a little deflating that right now. It still is not what it could be. Yeah, I think it is a cool tool. I just think it's a very limited one. And sure, yeah. I think it's the same thing like you hit it in different types of posts. Like when you're building a page, it's pretty easy for that to be like a, which is what you get experience where like I'm building out, here's a section, hero, all that stuff. It's when you get into really data-driven stuff that that gets really weird, like products or events yes. or things like that where you're really thinking about entering in data and I need a product description and you're not too worried about where that's going to show up on your product page. Cause you're worried about like inventory and variations and all of the things that go in with product. You don't want to do that in a design experience because it's going to be very frustrating. You want a long form mm -hmm. experience for all of that. And then it's the same with get a new user into full site editing. And they're like, what the heck is going on here? We have a lot of users of cadence who are using advanced custom fields and things to create a very simple name here and interface for their customers so that they're not doing anything in design. They're just typing in the content in text form and then having the website actually put that into a page mm -hmm. based on using dynamic content and stuff. So I think we're going to see that have to get solved. And because mm -hmm. WooCommerce is owned by automatic i think that's one where they're gonna have to i'm hopeful and a shout out to like our sister company give one of the ways that they're trying to tackle this is to create an editing experience that's toggled into design and toggled into data entry when you're building a form with their new form builder on the same screen it's literally a tag a toggle you're doing kind of form entry stuff in that gutenberg editor it's just not looking like what the front end it's like literally like form entry stuff and then you can toggle in and see what that looks like instantly. And then you've got all your design tools. And so something like that, I could definitely see working with a lot of data-driven stuff where you're not so like, it's, design is something, but you need design for all your products, not one. And you really need to be focused on entering data. Yeah. 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 And that's one of the reasons why I got started with WordPress. It's like I was building data-driven applications myself and this used it. all the other blogging platforms were using like there was a database there, but it was outputting all these HTML files. And I didn't want that. I wanted to be able to like dynamically separate. I wanted my content in one place. I wanted all of my design in another place because back in those days we were re redesigning our blogs every month. Ooh, look what I've done. And so you needed to have like <laughs> content here, design over here, and you messed with everything over here, but you didn't have to update every single page. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about what you've done with like Cadence Elements is that it does that, right? You're taking custom post types. You're not only giving somebody the ability to say, okay, this here's my model. 
here's my model a product that I'm going to build with and I'm going to vision this out using this model product but it applies everywhere and you don't have to go and look at each individual thing I think WordPress has to be able to accommodate both it has to be able to yeah. accommodate people who are blogging or novice users I just need a page up for my restaurant and I don't want to mess with anything and make it super easy WYSIWYG type of experience but it also has to cater to a ton of people who have built livelihoods building sites for other people and building commerce sites and huge implementations of data that needs to be visualized in a very easy to manage way so we have to go both ways there, there's no way yeah. there's no one or the other here is there yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to talk about something cool with Cadence because you're working on fun stuff. Otherwise, I could talk about full site editing and the future yeah. of WordPress forever. But we're doing <laughs> something cool over here, aren't we? What do we got with this new library, design library, patterns? Yeah. Yeah. So talking about future of WordPress, like we're working on getting AI into WordPress and not doing it in a way of let me go get text and let me figure out how to make this into a design where like... I need to go back to the AI source to get a headline and then go paste that in. And then I need to go back to the headline source to get a paragraph and put that in. We want to basically be able to generate content in a pattern that you would use on a website. So not in like text pattern, but actually in the pattern with like image, overline, headline, paragraph button, and already have AI content in it. So part of that process for us was to rebuild a design library. And this is a, a design library that's getting a lot of attention right now. We're, I think we're above mm -hmm. 250 patterns with more being built every day. So there's a team of people so working cool. on patterns all the time. And we're getting them more and more advanced too as we go. So like part of phase one was to create just like a ton of patterns at your basic level. And then we're building more and more. So to put that in perspective, our current design library has 50 patterns. And so this is just going to be much more extensive. And it's got some cool things. It's already hooked into Blocks 3.0. So it's already using the built-in variables for text sizes and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's linked. It's got linked colors. So if you're using the Cadence theme, you can create some really cool just instant drop-in patterns that are going to have, you can have a dark background, a light background, or using your highlight color, that can be your background. So that instantly makes all of these patterns as if there was, so take 250 and times by three. It's got some nice features in terms of like how it can be used and how quickly it can be adapted to your content. And that's all like live preview. And yeah, we're really excited about it. We've had a bunch of users testing it and made quite a few improvements. There's even some pages that are going to be put in that. So if you're hearing this and you're like, oh, I really like your current one, or I have patterns that I like, and it's fine. We're going to make that accessible still. It just won't be the default anymore. The default will be this new library. So yeah. And then down the road, of course, we'll, we're going to bring in AI into that and make it to where you can choose AI content visually and not just like this long copy paste war of like, how do I actually make this look like a landing page or whatever so yeah really exciting that's awesome yeah that's it's super exciting so if i'm a cadence user and am i going to have to update my blocks plugin to get access to this library or is it just going to show up yeah it'll show up once you update so blocks okay. our next release of Cadence blocks. We'll have this new, you'll go into the design library and it'll be this new library. Cool. And this will um, be for free users and pro users. So there's, I think there's uh, 
close to 100 free patterns in it. And then call it 150 pro patterns. So there will be pro only patterns in this. A lot of those will use pro blocks as well. So there's not like, so there's patterns that we, you won't even see rendered because they use pro blocks. So we won't even show them to you unless you're using pro, but yeah, there'll be a whole lot of patterns to choose from, which is exciting. Super exciting. And this all inherits. So if you have your colors set within your theme and you, it just inherits your colors. So you don't even have to make any decisions about that. You can just plug and play. Yep. Colors, fonts, it'll inherit your font family that you've got set for the headings and all of that. Amazing. So it's going to be way simpler instead of having to like import. And then I got to figure out all the places where the colors set and all the fonts are set and do all of that changes. It's just like there. And I feel like this is going to be something that people use a ton. Yeah. Just in my own playing around with it, I found it to be extremely useful. It's so cool. Yeah, very cool. And that's one of the things that I love about Cadence and the design library, especially because I'll be like building something out and it's okay, I need this kind of thing here. I don't know, it solves that blank screen problem, yep. like writer's block. I think there's designer block too. And it just gives you something <laughs> sure. to plug and play and make tweak a little bit, make it your own, pop in your own images. And it just gets you yeah. designing and developing so much faster than the old days and with designer help and ai then what do you need <laughs> nothing yeah. i go back and forth between being like so stoked about ai and then like deathly terrified of it it's kind of I don't we're know. ways from needing to be exciting, terrified but yeah, <laughs> i robot reason. too many times <laughs> i i'm keeping score because i do ask chat gpt to write some things and as soon as it does something and i'm like oh that's perfect i don't need to change anything it gets a one but so far <laughs> it's going to claim my perfection yeah. <laughs> it is not winning it's like a little relieving no. though right it's like you don't want it to be perfect it, it can does... definitely be helpful it solves that blank page problem or naming something cadence amplify that was named by ChatGPT. It took it 30 times in order for it to get the something where I was like, oh, this, yeah, I like this. Ooh, this can work where it just felt like a, an inspired name. But naming things, gosh, that's hard. That is uh, choosing yeah. it. We've talked with you, Ben, about we, how you came up with Cadence. Like, it's hard to name things. It's hard to name it's things. The worst. Yeah. yeah, it's really hard. Wow. Yeah. And it's hard coming up with content <clears throat> sometime. How about that for a segue? There you go. <laughs> we love that segue. <laughs> Incredible. It is hard to come up with content. <laughs> it is. I know. A lot. We talked to Shelly Marmore last week. Well, we did. <laughs> we just stuck off. <laughs> yeah. Without him. We left um, him out of it. She talked about blogging and how she is basically just making some boku bucks blogging and cadence has really helped her in that regard but it got me thinking a lot about how people come up with content ideas especially if you're like blogging for money and you're on an ad network and you've got to get eyeballs to stay on that ad network or if you're just a small business and you're serving your clients and trying to just keep your clientele coming in and like to think about switch over and think about marketing and writing blog posts so that you're doing well in the search engine result pages it's just it's hard it's hard to switch into it's yeah. context switching and it unless you have some dedicated time to really come up with content it can be very difficult so i wanted to talk yeah. to you guys about some ideas for basically anyone. Not Shelly. She's got it figured out. All of these people making like thousands of dollars blogging. This isn't for you. This is for people who with smaller businesses and you're just trying to <laughs> grow, I guess. 
So into some yeah. I wanted, like Shelly. I mean, she at one point did start from yes. somewhere, but yeah, she grew so maybe. Quickly. Yeah, maybe a beginner Shelly. <laughs> like, yeah. how could we help people who are trying to build a business and using their website in order to build that business? Content's a big part of it. Where do you get started? Yeah, that was actually a question I asked Shelly. I was like, where do you get your inspiration from? Because she yeah. runs like at least five blogs and keeps them updated as frequently as they need to be. And I had a blog one time and I think I wrote maybe one post every two or three weeks. And even then I was like, okay, like that was me pulling all of the inspiration I had within me. And then, and yeah, anyway, so I asked Shelly and I was like, ready for an answer for her to be like oh I just go for a walk in the morning and the birds just tell me what to say blah 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 <laughs> and she was like it's all data she's like 100% yeah. it's data she just does keyword searches and sees what people are searching for and then she writes blog posts about it she's my like whimsical life is completely separated from my like blog life it's all just data driven which I was so shocked by but for me, like that wouldn't work because I would get so bored. And, like I feel like I have to have my heart involved in my work. <laughs> but for her, it works great. So I'm like, I feel like there's got to be a balance, right? And how, why you get started with a blog is usually because you're excited about something and you're inspired by something. And so anyway, I thought that was her answer was very surprising to me. But yeah, yeah. there's this whole world of keyword based market research for SEO that can go pretty deep into strategies. And yeah, it's there's a lot there. There's a lot that can be done there. There's lots of tools there that can help you with keyword research. And honestly, what you're trying to do with any kind of content, though, is to create something that solves a problem for an audience. Yeah. So you have to know who that audience is and what problems they have. And as soon as you do that, and then keywords should be falling out of the sky, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got to know your audiences and you got to know the goal of what you're setting out to do. One of the things I've mm -hmm. always had a hard time with is like when I was doing you know, like customer building websites for small businesses, they'd be like, I need to blog, right? Like how much do I need to blog? And like, how do I, what do I blog about? <laughs> This is like a local coffee shop or a local restaurant or whatever. And I'm like, I'd be curious what someone who does local SEO would say to really focus on. But I was like, you, you don't, you're, you don't have the money to go get a writer and you're not a writer. So you're not going to win any awards with how good of writing you are. And you're especially not if you feel like you need to kick one out a week or some crazy schedule where you're like, you need to have so many blog posts. Otherwise you're going to become irrelevant in search engine results. I was like, Try to figure out how you can find the searches that are extremely local where like for us, like Missoula is in the name and where you're product in. So I did a website for a sprinkler company and I was like, you need to have posts that you basically update all the time. You need to have eight or nine posts that are like, how often should I water in Missoula? And how do I fix this if I've got a brown spot or whatever, like figure out all those things and put the local keywords and then update those posts on a regular basis to make sure that there's the content staying relevant. But that's a completely different strategy than like, I have an audience of anyone in the US and I'm trying to compete after <laughs> these highly competitive search results. And I'm trying to get my blog in there about AI or something that's really popular right now. That's like, you know, that's like totally different in terms of what yeah. you're trying to do and how you're trying to do it. And there's definitely lots of different strategies for do you play the game of creating a ton of content and making sure it's interweaved really well so it gets that all that interlinking or do you play i need to build 
a little bit longer posts that are really rich and engaging and get a lot of readers. There's so much strategy that comes down to every specific person and brand that it's really hard to be like, this is the strategy you should adopt to just anyone. And then this is how you generate content for that or come right. up with ideas. But certainly I think it's, you've, there's, it's worth saying it, you should start with strategy, yeah. not like, what should I write about? What's my strategy and how do I make a really, even if you're wrong, like what is going to be the strategy that I try to see if it worked or not? Because if you just go try and making content and then like your traffic didn't increase or whatever, and you didn't have any strategy behind it, you just created a couple of random things. Even if they were search engine, a keyword based, and you didn't have a strategy for how that was going to play out, that can be pretty demoralizing and end up like in a pretty stagnant blog where you're like, I guess this isn't worth my time. So I think there's a lot out there on strategies for your blog, but I think that's a key thing you want to look at is what's going to be my overall strategy that's going to match up with the goal of bringing in people. And maybe it's like, I need to create, like my brand needs to have authority in this space, being someone that's known for like really understanding the details of something, or I'm trying to create dialogue in this space. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm trying to create dialogue with the community about certain things like that. You find out all those things as you like build strategy and you really think about like what you have resources for and then who it is you're talking to, which I think goes into what you were saying, Kathy, is it's really crucial to know who your target audience is. Yeah. If you don't know who you're talking to, just a couple of things that are popping into my head. So I, my husband, one of my husband's former business partners was, is a very well-known author, wrote nonfiction books. And the first one that got breakthrough for him was he wrote a book for his sister. His sister was having a problem with one particular area of her life. And so he wrote a book for his sister. Boom. Guys on TV. Like just crazy level success because he chose one person and decided to try to help her solve that problem. And that worked. Mm. So many times, like with Cadence, like when mm. I've got a content idea, it's like somebody's asking a question in the Facebook group. And then I see somebody asking that same question in support and it's we either need documentation for this or a blog post or a tutorial or something that helps because we're seeing the same kind of question coming up in multiple areas. And so then it just kind of triangulation into content. We've got to write content. So it's super easy if I would only have enough time or a clone of Hannah and a clone yeah. of me. <laughs> That would make things a lot easier. Can I know you there's clone me of- while you're at it too. I could definitely clone yeah. me. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> we are, cadence is growing so much, so fast, and we're doing so many mm-hmm. things. It's we hear you. We hear you, cadence fans. <laughs> yeah. That you need tutorials. Yeah. We're working on that. Yeah, but it's knowing who your customers are, and if you don't have a customer yet, find. If you're just trying to get started, if your business is just like getting off the ground, or if you're just starting with, you were inspired by some of the things that Shelly said, what are some of the questions that somebody who you wish was your target market is asking? And then you can find questions like that in places like Reddit. Lots of people ask questions in Reddit, and you might even find like the answer that's the perfect content that you can then add your own expertise into and write content there. That could be a source of inspiration or Quora is a place where lots of people go and ask questions and sometimes their answers aren't quite fully rounded out and you have the expertise that's going to do that. I think 
once you know who your audience is and you pick that one person or that one avatar of this is my audience and maybe it's a little bit different, but just choose someone that you can write to, whatever you're writing is going to be so much better. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And it's worth saying, because we started with AI, use it as a tool, like to help generate ideas. That white page, if you think about it as a tool to help you with the white page where you're like, I don't know where to start, then it can be really great. Where I think you get a lot of trouble is if you think it's going to write your blog for you. And that's that's not going to end well or going to end really frustrating because you're going to be like trying to manipulate the AI to create what in the end you probably just need to create and will be a lot better if you do it with an assist and not with making the AI do all the writing. Yeah. It's so much easier to have something like even something poorly written. AI is not going to get everything right. They're going to, they're going to get, it's going to get something wrong. I don't know why I'm like making it plural, but AI, this thing, it's not (laughs) going to get it right. It's just, there's going to be things that are wrong, but how much fun is it to edit somebody's work that's just wrong? You get to be a little self-righteous in the process. <laughs> and then so use AI. <laughs> then you get to keep score and that's say, funny. I'm winning. But yeah, it's a great way to start. You can ask AI. I've asked AI in the past, like what types of, for example, you want to create a blog about, let's say security. You're writing things about security. What types of questions do people have about iPhone security? And it will give you topic ideas. And then you can drill down further and say, okay, if I was going to write a blog post about this particular thing with updating apps, what types of recommendations would you have? And then so you have the idea coming in one way, and then you can turn that into a prompt that then gives you a poorly written article you get to correct. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I love it. The one hack with AIs that is cool is to change the tone of what you're getting goes a long way and yeah. giving it content and say, what tone is this written in can be really helpful too. Cause then you know how the AI is interpreting its tone. And then you can say, write it yeah. in this tone. I think, I feel like that does make a pretty big difference. Yeah. Great point. It's interesting. This is like the same thing I'm trying to teach my students at in the midwifery clinic is we have these like generated handout, like general handouts that we give to people if they like have gestational diabetes and they like, they just say to them exactly what's on the paper and that's okay. That's the right information, but actually like, I need you to use your own voice, just like focusing on like this, putting the one person in front of you rather than the general mom who's like pregnant, but actually this one woman and her diet and like her lifestyle and things like that. That's who you're talking to. This is the information that you're giving her, but we need to like hone in. And so I think AI can really help you write to that one person, but this is a powerful tool. I actually like AI. I decided. <laughs> but you do have to make it your own. <laughs> because otherwise it's like nobody wants to hear that. What if it's like relatable and like you are like, oh, actually you understand where I am rather than I'm not this pregnant mom over here. That's it. Yeah. That's so important. You touched on something really important too, is like using your own voice and not being afraid to put your personality in it. I think we've talked about that before, but it's something that's really important because you want to have something that's unique, something that can't be replicated, something that no one else can do, because then you're always going to beat your competition. In a lot of smaller businesses, 
or even larger businesses, you're always concerned with like, how do you differentiate yourself? It's really important to have some kind of voice, some kind of tone, something that's relatable where it's just like, I don't know why I just want to use this. I just like these people. <laughs> like that kind yeah. of thing. You cannot, totally. you, you can't bottle it. You can't teach it to someone else, but it's going to come innately through you if you just let go of your anxiety and fear and desire to be perfect or fear of being judged or yeah. whatever and just let it flow yeah, yeah. and then really tell your own story and ai can't write your own story totally. what have you tried in the past where have you failed those are the stories that make things memorable for people and really can make it really helpful so make sure you put not just your voice but also i did this once or whatever like even when we're talking like when it gets into specifics about like, hey i did this one time or whatever that's yeah. when you have a story to tell about it that's when it gets really interesting sure. <laughs> so I have a funny story I helped <laughs> my daughter at the end of last semester was at finals we're all due at like midnight and it was like six o'clock and she's I've got to write four things and I'm like let me introduce you to your new friend chat GPT <laughs> so one of them had to be a personal essay and I said, just have it right about your dad's stroke and, uh, you know, how your mom's like trying to help him and how, how it makes you feel and see what ChatGPT comes up with. This thing <laughs> embellished the story so bad. It was so laughable. <laughs> like, he can only communicate with a whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> like, over the top. And she's like, this is perfect. I'm like, no, you can't leave that. But she left it all in and turned it in for oh the my gosh. points. And like, you did not oh. just like, oh yeah, they're really sorry for me now. I have an extra day. <laughs> That's, oh, oh man. So be I careful teaching that. your kids how to use this stuff because yeah. they're not going to, they're not going to edit things properly, but it was funny when I'm here for the jokes. So she's smart <laughs> enough where I'm not worried like chat GPT is going to make her stupid or anything. So she can use it all she wants, but yeah, fun stuff. So there's my funny story about GPT. Ben, don't let your kids use it. Yeah, I think of it as a tool, not a, yeah, I think it's going to change a lot. And I don't yeah. think it's all bad. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. Any other thoughts? Of it is. I will. <laughs> technology, though, is just all technology is either something that's going to help you or something that's going to stunt to you. So are yeah. you, my whole thing is, are you using technology to make your life better? Or are you using technology to make shortcuts and to do less? And that diminishes the human spirit and diminishes our ability to really excel because it cuts off your creativity. There was a story I heard an interview with Jack White, the White Stripes guy. And he was talking about how like when he's on stage, he like makes everything just a little bit harder for himself. Like he puts the he doesn't make the foot pedal things for the guitar. He like puts them over a little bit. Like he makes everything just a little bit more challenging mm -hmm. for himself because he feels like it helps his creativity when he has to think. He has to be completely and totally present with the music that he's creating. And I was like, oh, is that why my life is so hard? <laughs> like I'm trying to keep myself present and creative. I thought that was like just yeah. an interesting way. But that I think that there's just, interesting. it's two ways you can go through life. You can go through life challenging yourself and using the tools or you can go through life using the tools to make your life easier but i think you lose something in that regard yeah that's good advice there kathy <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for letting <laughs> like me chat. Yeah. And I could do to make my life harder, but not, but also easier. <laughs> it doesn't sound fun. You've got the, when is it? Like two weeks from now that you're running the marathon? Two weeks from today. Yeah. Wow. I'm officially in taper mode. It's incredible. Are you? Yeah. My longest run this week is like an hour. It's like no problem. <laughs> <laughs> It's not true. It's actually Have, 80 minutes. But <laughs> does our audience know that you're running the Boston Marathon? Because that's worth like clarifying the marathon that you're. I think they know, but like, yes, I'm running the Boston, Boston Marathon in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. crazy. So you're not making your life easier. Can be rooting. Yep. I am so excited for you. We are going to have to do some kind of like live stream watching you or something. Have a cadence <laughs> team party yeah. and cadence with you. Team party with you. for Hannah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited for you and also very scared and also just in awe. That's just amazing. Oh my gosh, you're so nice. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to run probably around the kitchen island chasing the puppy. It'll be my run for the week. <laughs> I'm done with that phase of my life, I think. So I'm very in awe of you. This is a huge thing. So it's exciting. Cool. Anything else we need to talk about? I don't think so. All right. That's it. I'm going to do a good conclusion. I'm going to say thanks to you guys for being here. Thanks to our audience for listening and or watching. And we will see you again on the Cadence Beat. Bye. Bye.